We don't know when our life will end, but we know it will, unless Christ returns before that. So I think we all should think about it at some point, and probably do, and that is, what do you want to pass on to others? To either children or friends or, or people in your community, what values, what items, what character, what, what legacy do you want to leave? Because we all leave one. And depending on what age you are now, much of it, a lot of it maybe already has been left to those around you that you spent a lot of time with, but it's still never too late to even change some of that in a different direction. David, at the end of his life, what did he put all his efforts into? What did you hear that whole reading about? Yeah, preparing, but he wasn't going to build it, was it? Was he? Preparing for it. Put, he put his efforts into passing things on to the next generation so that the next, not just one generation, but how many generations later would worship God there at the temple in Jerusalem? He wanted to build the temple, but God said no. And did David respond out of bitterness and try to do it anyway? No, we, Sunday we looked at, he, he went to God and, and heard from God and wanted to be with God and realized, well, then the best thing he can do with the time and resources and whatever God had given him for the rest of his life was to prepare so that his son could, so that Solomon could. He planned, he prepared, and he passed on. So David's final years, uh, he didn't sit around, bask his uh, kingly accomplishments live out the good retired life and just wait to be served on or just go out and have fun the whole time. Maybe he did some of that. But he put so much time, effort, and even the money spent on all of that stuff. So uh, the reading, First Chronicles 22, I want to point some of it. Uh, it talks about the stone dressed for the building of the house of God. Boy, that's a lot of cutting those huge stones, the iron the, for the doors, the cedar logs that come from Sidon and Tyre. These things come from far away, and then you have to cart them up, many thousands of feet up to Jerusalem. All of these things, uh, it says, verse 6, David made extensive preparations before his death. And I think of all the the money spent, the wealth he could have kept and amassed for himself, and no, he decided, for the good of God's people, this is what I'm going to do for the next generation and the generation after that. So he stockpiled materials, organized workers, you might say rallied the troops, gathering skilled laborers from all over, all that effort and energy, because he wanted to be faithful to God. That's a good thing. He lived his life under God no matter what. And he did everything so that Solomon could succeed, and he did everything so that the next generations to come would know God and worship the true God. So what about you and me? How will you leave a legacy? As I said, you don't know when your life would end, but we know it will. And we get to spend, Lord willing, lots of time and effort with people we love and investing into people and doing things. What kind of uh, meaning do you want to make with loved ones with the time that you have left? What do you want to instill in them? Or, or how do you want to serve God? How do you want to 
pass on the faith or invest in the next generation so that they know and love God too. I'm reminded of this image, and that is of the redwood and sequoia trees out in California. Now, I've not, I've not been to like Sequoia National Park. I plan to someday. But I'm fascinated by them because do you know how old those trees are? Redwoods, some of the oldest out there, are in the range of, anybody know? 2,000 years. Some of them, the oldest ones in Redwood National Park, 2,000 years. So, Jesus was around 2,000 years ago. Yeah, and sequoias, bigger, even older. Some of the sequoias, uh, they think, even go back as far as 3,000 years or even beyond. David lived 3,000 years ago. to put that in perspective, right? But the question I have when I look at those is, why would you plant a redwood tree? I looked at somebody who planted on on YouTube. They planted one. It was a time lapse of the first two years. They took a bunch of pictures every however many days, put it into a time lapse on a video. And it started from a seed. And in two years, the thing was about, you know, maybe this big. Looked like a Glorified bush, not a very good one, kind of mangy. Why would you plant? Why would you plant a redwood tree for yourself to enjoy? No. Well, around here, they probably wouldn't live well here. But an oak tree? Do you plant an oak tree so it so you get to enjoy it? Well, maybe if you plant it young in life and get and have it in your property forty or fifty years later, why do you, why would you plant a redwood? No, to bless future generations. Jesus, what does he do in the last hours of his life before he's taken away and crucified? Who's he spending it with? His disciples. He's investing into, you might say, the redwoods of the church. He's, he's investing into the disciples. He serves them by washing their feet, which they didn't want to do, Teaches them, saying things like, I am the vine, you are the branches, remain in me and you will bear much fruit. He prays for them, saying, Lord, protect them from the evil one. Don't take them out of the world, but protect them. And then his final words before he leaves them after his resurrection are, go and make disciples of all nations. So he's investing in them so that they will go out and do far more. He says, you will do greater things than I've done, which astounds us for Jesus to tell us that because He's the Son of God. What kind of legacy do you want to leave? How do you want to use however many years or days that God gives you to lead other people to Jesus? So David used his money, his time, his energy to prepare for the temple to be built. And I'd say that's a pretty good legacy, but remember I said David's a rather complicated figure. So I didn't print for you some other readings that talk about the end of his life too. And you get this mixed picture of David at the end. His sin still looms large. So late in life, it says, uh, and it says even the devil tempted him to do what God told him not to do, and that was to have a census. Count how many people in your kingdom as a sign of your greatness. This is how great we are. God said, don't do it. The Bible says the devil came and tempted him, and he did. And then God said, David, what are you doing, man? I told you not to do this. And then another one is, on his deathbed, and I will read it for you. On his deathbed, more or less, he is telling 
Solomon in one breath to walk in the ways. So this is in the same section in 1 Kings 2. He says, be strong, show yourself as a man, and keep the charge of the Lord, walking in His ways and keeping His statutes, His commands, His rules, His testimonies, as written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all you do, and that the Lord will establish His word. So, so follow God, and then not even five verses later, he says, oh yeah, there's, that, there's Shimei, that Benjaminite, who cursed me. And when he came down to meet me at the Jordan, I swore to him by the Lord that I will not put you to death and that I would forgive him. But now, don't hold him guiltless. You're a wise man. You will know what you ought to do to him. And you will bring his gray head down with blood to Sheol. Did you get what he just said? Solomon, follow God, be faithful. Now, take care of that guy that I never took care of. I was... I said I forgive him, but I don't anymore. <laughs> I have no idea what to do with that. <laughs> King David at the end of it, other than say, David lived all of his life under God, and it was complicated at times. At times we look and say, the legacy he wanted to leave, and he did, preparing for the temple, wow, that's great. I, I want to be like that and invest my resources and my time into showing other people in the next generation, Jesus, that they might know him. And yet, when I fail and don't do that, which is where we often find ourselves, and you look back and say, oh, I made that mistake and that mistake and that hurt those people, God's grace is still there. So as David's giving a very bad example on some level on his deathbed, we can say, I don't want to be like that. But I know that where I've messed up, God has been gracious and merciful and forgiving to me and to you. And just as David lived all of his life under God, and that was probably his saving grace, if it were said of you and me that no matter what, we kept going back to God to ask for forgiveness and grace and receive it, if no matter what we did or what happened, we kept doing that, that would be a good legacy, wouldn't it? Amen. Amen.